It's episode 125 of the Improv London podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Moses. And this week's guest is Jen Kenny. Thank you. Really good. I'm really glad. Uh, we should tell the listeners where we are. Yes, we are at the British Improv Project's Autumn Gathering down in Stoke Rochford. Yes. Yes. How's your bit been going so far? Absolutely fantastic. It's so great to see. I've come since the very first one. Oh, um, wow. So I'm a seasoned um, visitor to these events. Um, I made friends that I'm seeing time upon time again. Um, and I'm absolutely loving it, learning new skills every time, getting to hang out with the best people, and I'm just having a great time. Fantastic. This is only my second time. Mm. Um, so I think last time I found it a little bit overwhelming because although it was lovely to meet lots of new people from around the country, I got used to going to improv places where I knew most people. Mm. And so I met lots of people last time, and somehow coming back again this time, it's been easier because I met them last time rather yeah. than it being the first time sort of thing. So. Yeah. Same for me. So I've been doing it for like, I say, the last few years. So when I see old faces, I think I've got an advantage over some friends I've brought along and they're like, whoa, who are yeah. these people? I don't know everyone's names. And everyone's going, hi, Jen. Hi, Jen. <laughs> it's like, you know, you're sort of like improv royalty in yes. this context. Yes. But only because I've been coming since the first one. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it's nice to be a little bit improv famous in some circumstances, isn't it? Yes, yeah. (laughs) It's only a very small amount of fame, but still, yes, no, it is nice. It is nice. Uh, So you're involved with lots of groups and Mm. improv things. Tell me about The Same Faces and your role in The Same Faces. Oh, so The Same Faces is where I first got on stage. Um, So I started doing workshops um, with Tom Young, um, who's the founder of the British Improv Project. Um, I went along on my birthday, actually, it's nearly my improversary. Wow. Um, my friend was running a cafe and she said, oh, I'm doing a comedy workshop, you should come along. It sounds right up your street. So I went, okay, didn't have a clue what was going to happen. Um, got there and had the best time. There's only three of us doing it. Okay. Had the best time, learned some daft games, did a little bit of scene work, and I was hooked from the off. Hmm. And the next week I was back again and again and again. Um, and it just sort of spiralled from there. Um, a few months later, I got on stage for the first time. I wasn't supposed to get on stage. <laughs> Someone had called in sick at the very last minute and I got a text. I was going to watch the show oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I got a text saying, um, can you be in the show? Now, I'd never done half of the games that we played. It was a real <laughs> baptism of fire. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was up there doing um, three-headed musical or three-headed opera star, I think oh, it was. Wow. Um, and so three-headed opera star. Oh, like Broadway. Um, yeah, it was like a three-headed um, Broadway musical, like the show-stopping number kind oh, of thing. Oh, right. So you were singing? Yes. Wow. That's yeah, I sang on the that first. Stage. Yeah, and I'd never done any musical improv workshops or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was up on stage doing it. Um, wow. But I have... I used to be a singer in a rock band many, many years ago. Love singing, bit of a karaoke queen. So it didn't really phase me too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's, I guess, where my passion lies um, in the improv, really, at the moment, is, is musical improv. Absolutely loved it. So, yeah, I got up on stage um, expecting to be in the audience and was in the show instead. Fantastic. <laughs> and I've never looked back. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've you know, had absolutely brilliant shows. Um, it's great to be the groups growing and growing. Um, seeing lots of new faces come through, getting on stage for their first times. Yeah. Um, and it's, I've met so many wonderful people as part of the same faces and also, of course, come to events like this. Yeah. Yeah. So what was it about you that your friend 
made your friend think, ah, Jen, she'll be good at a comedy thing, do you know? Um, probably the karaoke queen thing. Really? She'd had me host a couple of um, karaoke nights. She ran this cafe, and I'm in the same theatre group as her, so I'm ah. not exactly a wallflower. No, no, no. Um, so I used to do um, theatre with this friend. She was a theatre director, and I'd appeared in a few plays, and she'd asked me to host um, a Halloween karaoke and a Eurovision karaoke, ah. and I went into character, I chose specific songs for people to sing, and all that kind of um, yeah, hosting yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, was just something that kind of came natural to me, I yeah. suppose, and she just thought I would enjoy it. She knew I was quite a sort of jokey, funny person, I enjoyed yeah, yeah. comedy, um, and it, it was strange because I used to love Whose Line Is It Anyway many, many years ago. And I never thought that it was something I could do. Yeah, 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 You know, and here I am sort of being a bit like Josie Lawrence, like a <laughs> kind of heroine of mine, you know, absolutely amazing. Yeah, it is. Um, and a lot of people I've spoken to have had that same experience. They watched Whose Line Is It? And they enjoyed it, but they didn't ever actually think that they could do that. Mm. I don't know if it was because the UK version had a lot of comedians. Mm. It seemed to be... Especially, I'm just sort of thinking, they, they tended to be sort of stand-ups or that sort of person rather than, I don't know, pure improvisers. Yeah, I didn't know what improv, it wasn't a word that I'd kind of heard of, although I did it a little bit like a drama club when I was mm. at school, it was like make up a play, and, and I didn't know that was what I was doing, if yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, just making up a play today, devising something, and didn't realise that those were the same skills that I was using all those years later yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as an improviser. So it kind of came to me and I was like, oh, that's what that is. It's a thing. People study it <laughs> and then to get better at it, you know, and yeah. <laughs> so uh, you remember the same faces who I once famously said, uh, short form improv done the way it should be done or something like that. Yes, so, it's on all our posters it's on now. All of your posters, <laughs> which is delightful. And... Uh, I, I do sort of remember saying that. I sort of also don't remember saying it, but I'm sure I must have said it. Otherwise, Tom wouldn't quote it all the time. Hello, Tom. Uh, so, are there regular rehearsals for that? Or? Uh, yeah, we workshop um, twice a week. Well, I'm such an improv lover that I workshop in a, on a Tuesday, and I also drive to Leicester and do it on a Thursday as wow. well. Wow. So, what's great about that is there's two completely different groups of people yeah. who have all come together, actually, this weekend, and sometimes do come together for gigs, because I sometimes appear in Leicester gigs. We have gigs in Northampton, um, and I've been lucky enough to be involved in both of those. So, I've got these um, improvisers that I work with in both places. That's lovely. Yeah, it's really lovely because I feel like I'm the kind of connecting point, you know, oh, I know that guy and I know this guy and I just love it so much that I go twice a week to, <laughs> to do it and more than twice a week for some, some things as well. <laughs> so um, it takes place in Leicester yeah. and in Northampton, in Northampton, which is where I live, yeah. So uh, are, is there a difference between the Leicester improviser and the Northampton improviser? Um, yeah, th there is a difference, and I can't quite put my finger on it, but I think the Leicester people come from quite a theatrical background. It's a bigger city, and I think you're, they're drawing in people. There's a bigger amount of people at the, um, in the Leicester workshop, and a lot of them have come in through the theatre. One person came along, and they bought a friend, and then they bought a friend. And I think the Northampton one is tends to be it's a smaller sort of base of people that you're bringing in. Yeah. Um, I've got a few of my theatrical friends, but we've only got a couple of Amdram um, groups in Northampton who right. are fantastic, yeah. but Leicester's got the Y Theatre, the Little Theatre, they've got those bigger sort of yeah. theatres, the university. Um, so 
I love both groups um, for different reasons, yeah, but yeah. they're all my kind of people. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. And you don't have to choose because you're doing both. Yes. <laughs> so you're playing short form games. Yep. What's your favourite short form game to play? Ah, uh, Bartender. Bartender? Yes. Explain to me what Bartender is. Bartender is a musical improv game um, where I play a bartender um, who solves everybody's problems through the, the medium of alcohol and song. <laughs> um, so my, what we get is um, three of the pl- other players up um, and we get a suggestion of a problem that they might have from the audience. Um, they then come to me and they tell me the problem through song and then I sing the solution back to them. Wow. So it challenges me in lots of different ways. So it challenges um, me because I, they will come up with the sort of problem. I've heard the problem but I haven't really thought through a solution until they've sung the problem to me because as they're singing, my brain starts working then. I can't pre-plan ahead. It's a really, you know, strange thing to sort of plan everything ahead. I might have a few rhymes in my head that I think, oh, that's a good word, but I I just can't do it that way. I'm not one of those people. Some people do it that way. For me, I prefer to be in the moment and just see what comes out of my mouth. And I've... It's not let me down yet. That's brilliant. Yeah, it's a really fun game. So I find that with improvised singing, I'm more comfortable with a level of planning as opposed to, say, I'm going to say normal improv, mm-hmm. but improv, non-musical improv. So I'm not very good. I might have a couple of lines, but mm-hmm. I can't hold that many lines in my head mm-hmm. while all the other things are going on. But it's very interesting that you're just able to... So you must be listening carefully to the problems and just trusting yeah, that something just, comes? Yeah, just try and sort of link with the person. It is about that relationship, impro- you know, like trying to build that relationship. The better ones that I've done have been where, you know, I know the person that's coming to the bar. Hiya, it's you again. And we sometimes make, because we have the same people as audiences often, we can make reference to maybe last, oh, it's you again, you know, remember last time, if I remember it, yeah, I can yeah. make reference to that. But just setting it up that the audience knows the sort of the way it works and it's different you know every time and they just delight in the fact that I can solve the problems some of my solutions are not necessarily (laughs) um you know good solutions um but I always solve the problem somehow (laughs) well I mean I think you know people should be wary of uh, taking solutions from improvised Mm, songs definitely Um, like there's not always I mean sometimes it is but not always although I do have a friend who actually for a little period of time, run her life from the solutions that I gave. Really? Um, I think one of the solutions to a problem that Tom had, um, he couldn't get a date or something like that, and it was like, you should go to a cat cafe, there's lots of cat-loving people. I can't remember exactly what the context was, but the friend then went and booked to go to a cat cafe, and she was like, I'm living my life by your bartender. (laughs) It was absolutely hilarious. Needless to say, she still hasn't managed to find anyone to date. Oh, dear. But, uh, you know, she had a go. And, and, and had some you know. interesting life experiences along <laughs> the sure way. She did, so yes. <laughs> so, um, what's an average Same Faces uh, rehearsal like? Well, the workshops, actually, um, we run on... Um, so, Tom runs a sort of beginner's workshop, and then there's a little bit more advanced. The Same Faces um, workshops tend to um, work around the sort of longer... Um, long form stuff that we're practicing at the moment and we will drop in a few short form games learn the structure of those and run them through a few times Um, so we don't tend to go through we might do a musical workshop 
every now and then with our absolutely fantastic musician and we'll have um, him come in and we'll practice through some of the, 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 the games that we play. Um, we dropped a new one into our set um, in the last year, which is um, based on Chicago. Uh, so yeah, and um, yes, the cell yes. block tango, um, which is brilliant. So yes. again, I love that one because yes. it's got a bit of everything in it. It's got the storytelling, it's got the visual of the yes. chairs, and it's just really fun to play. And I love that song. So yes, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Yes, no, that's one of my favourite short mm. form games that I've ever mm-hmm. played. Just yeah. taking a suggestion, and then you go across the different uh, mm. people. Uh, saying the one word and then coming up and then explaining why you're not guilty or you know, maybe why you are guilty. Yeah. And yeah, I really love the mixture of the singing, but also the, I'm going to say pressure, but yeah, the pressure to come up with a good final line so mm-hmm. you kick back in with the chorus. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a great one. And it's just got that musicality. It's got that, yes, it's got a set sort of structure to it. But the improvising's happening within it, so yeah. you know it's it's kind of safe, but at the same time, it's it's you know you don't know how you're going to justify what what you what within the word you're given and yes. all that kind of thing. Yeah. Yes, that's <laughs> fantastic. So you regularly perform with the same faces? Yeah, yeah, I perform with all the Northampton shows and quite often with Leicester at the Leicester shows as well. Tell me about them. Were they in a room above the pub? Um, they were in a room in a back of a pub oh, uh, nice. until very recently. We're just about to move home. Unfortunately, um, we've, we've had several moves over the last few years. So the aforementioned Friends Cafe was one of our, our first homes. Um, and then we moved to a pub in Northampton. Um, who also used to let us use the back room for our rehearsals and practices and workshops. But um, unfortunately, they decided they had a new manager and oh. he decided that he wasn't able, he'd rather have music gigs in there. Oh, right. So we were homeless for a little while, but oh. Northampton came to the rescue and we're just about to perform our new gig on the 23rd of November um, at the Pomfret Arms in Northampton, oh. which have a custom-built sort of barn section out the back. Now, it sounds barn, <laughs> sounds very rustic, but it's not. I've been in there. It's, it's, a, it's a lovely extension, I suppose. It's away from the main pub, which means you're not going to get the people walking across the bar, which can be a problem, yeah. especially sort of um, with improv in, in back rooms of pubs. Yep. People just get up and wonder and go and get the drinks. Um, so I'm really looking forward to getting in that space. Ideally, we'd really love to have a little space of our own to call our own, yeah. much like the nursery has that lovely little space, um, but it's, it's so difficult. Yeah. Um, and to use any of the theatres in the local area, well, all the Amdram groups use those. So you would be sort of fighting against the scheduling for that. And we like to have a monthly um, schedule so that people know when, when we're on. Yeah. Um, and that's quite well established, even though we've had a break for a month. People know when, and people ask me, oh, are you on this month? You know, and that's how we sort of, you know, word of mouth is one of the ways that we really, because of my sort of amateur dramatics community, that's who we tend to bring in um, as audience. So you actually have an audience of people who aren't improvisers. Yeah, it's very rare. It is very (laughs) posh, yeah. And they, so they're regularly thrilled by what we do (laughs) which I love because yeah they're like I can't see how you do it how do you whereas you go and we have played a couple of shows in London where we performed to a room full of improvisers and still had an absolutely fantastic time but you can just tell that people are going I can see what they did there or they used that technique or this technique and it's a different kind of feel but I love the fact that we play for the common man. <laughs> well, no, I, I entirely agree, and I, I entirely think that we need more audiences. Sometimes mm-hmm. I think there are more people that want to perform improv than want to watch improv. Yes. Um, 
but yes, I'm, I'm also slightly guilty of one of those going, hmm, yes, they did that. That was good. I enjoyed that. Mm. I mean, I didn't laugh or show it on my face, but inside I'm nodding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We said that in theatre groups as well. They're going, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter sometimes that the audience doesn't make a lot of noise sometimes. Often it's because they're sort of just taking in and processing what yes, you did. Yes. And a laugh or a cheer or a gasp isn't always, just, you know, a quiet audience doesn't always mean they're not having a good time. No, exactly, yeah. But obviously short form is comedy. Yes. And we do expect to hear some laughs punctuated <laughs> throughout the show. Yes. Um, with the other sort of formats that we do, we do our mondos and we do, um, we've sort of started to venture into heralds and musical montages as well. Um, we do um, obviously we've ventured into those different places um, so it's slightly different but still comedy still with a very strong comedy aspect to it yes. the same faces yeah fantastic and if that wasn't enough <laughs> you're also involved with Box of Frogs in yes, Birmingham yes I am how yes. are things there well, the Box of Frogs, again, absolutely fantastic. I would never have been brave enough to get involved with another improv group that does short form um, if it hadn't have been for the British Improv Project, actually, um, because I met um, John Trevor, who's the director, um, at these events. Ah, fantastic. Um, and, yeah, um, so we, we play um, some similar games to Same Faces, but some different ones. And we're very lucky to have a residency at the Glee Club oh, in wow. Birmingham. So it's, a, again, a, it's an audience of people that probably haven't seen that much improv. They're probably more of a comedy audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's a really interesting um, way to play. So it's different from the pub audience that I've got in Northampton. It's, it's a different one. Again, they sat there, you know, we had a... Um, we had a group of people in the audience that were on a sort of um, team building Oh, really? Event. Oh, dear. And we had, we've had people on birthdays. Wow. You know, I'm going to go and see an improv show for my birthday. I'm like, this is fantastic. Yeah, it's great. So, of course, they, they do get... They are a little bit tipsy yeah, often. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that can bring its own challenges in terms... Not heckling, but sometimes the suggestions are those ones that maybe you might not want to necessarily be going down that nice. line. So that takes a little bit of careful management, but the Box of Frogs are a very experienced group. Um, they've been running for a, a very long time yeah. now, and I'm really honoured to be sort of part of them. Um, we just did a show at the Birmingham Improv Festival. Oh, how was that? Um, that was really, really fun. Um, so we had a slightly smaller group. So we've got quite a large uh, membership, um, but we don't always all appear on the stage at the same time. Slightly bigger than the same face. Same face as um, there's um, usually five of us on stage, um, but with the box of frogs, we usually have about eight. So it's just slightly, you know, again, it feels different, yeah, but yeah. similar kinds of things. And I get to play bartender with the box of frogs as well. Fantastic. Because it's my favourite. And it's, <laughs> it's just like my game, really. <laughs> So whoever invented that game, I thank them because yes. <laughs> it's kind of become a bit of a favourite for mine. Of mine, um, just love it. Yeah. So but, are you regularly rehearsing with Box of Frogs as well? Um, I have haven't been recently because I'm actually doing acting as well. Wow! <laughs> my amateur dramatics, so I'm I'm rehearsing for a pantomime. Fantastic! <laughs> Notice that I didn't give the expected response. Yes, there. I know. I was waiting for I it. I was ready. Expectations. <laughs> Yes, and that's what it's all about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tell me about your panto. Yeah, well, I'm going to be playing the Wicked Witch hey. in Sleeping Beauty. Fantastic. And that's in Northampton. Ah. So, and um, actually the gentleman um, who's the director of that panto is one of our regular audience members for the same faces. Fantastic. Um, so he 
um, has directed me in other plays before, but I've never done a panto. Ah. So this seems to me to meld together <laughs> um, my love of character, yeah. character play. I get to sing a song, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet Dreams by the Eurythmics, oh, which is a fantastic yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get to just ham it up and get booed for the first time, <laughs> and hopefully for the only time on stage, um, and really get hammy with them panto. And now I have to say panto's not one of my favourite genres to go and see yeah, yeah, yeah. but John's written this absolutely fantastic script so it's custom made yeah, yeah, yeah. almost to the kind of people that he knew he ah, wanted in it fantastic. so it's a bit modern and it's it's got a few naughty jokes in it <laughs> for grown-ups but we have children we have children in the um the the um performance as well and we've got a little sleeping beauty and oh. grows up to an older sleeping beauty <laughs> through the power of time travel as nice. pantos often have, you know. Ah, um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It's two weeks' time and I've still got um, my lines to learn. Ah. So, yeah, the one good thing about improv is you don't have to learn your lines. The one good thing about yeah. improv. Yeah, well, no, oh, that sounded good, the, terrible, didn't it? The one yeah. good thing about improv, in case people are listening <laughs> yes. to 125 episodes you going, I wonder what the one that. good thing about improv is. <laughs> Oh yeah, don't just learn that. That's the one for the theatrical people. Uh, if you wanted to get them in, yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. a tagline for them. <laughs> <laughs> so you have, you, you mentioned you have a sort of a theatrical background. Mm. So has that influenced the way in which you perform improv? Um, I think so to an extent. I do tend to like to play characters and go in with a strong character choice. Yeah. Um, and I've played a lot of characters, obviously, in, in the amateur dramatic side of things. I've always been really keen on drama and that kind of thing, quite a creative person. Um, so, yeah, I suppose character-based. And I'm sort of veering towards the sort of narrative. I, I'm really interested in storytelling and narrative improv. I haven't done much of that or had the opportunity to do much of that um, so far. But that will be the next adventure, probably that I go on. <laughs> yeah, I really, I really, I love narrative, mm. um, and I say this quite a lot, so I apologise for regular listeners. But some people really struggle, and I don't know why they struggle. I don't think it's that hard. Maybe I'm not doing it properly. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's um, yeah, well, that'd be really interesting to to explore. Mm. What is it about narrative that makes <clears throat> you think it's for you? It's just, well, I'm, I'm a primary school teacher, ah, so right. I tell a lot of stories to my children and I encourage them to write stories. And I use the story spine structure with my ah, kids to help them to formulate their stories. Fantastic. So, you know, it makes sense to me. I think the human brain is tuned in to want to yes. tell stories. It's the, you know, from before writing, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. way, so, you know, rules and regulations were passed down and histories were passed down. So, you know, everyone loves a good story. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I just, I just, I'm interested in looking at it from the different aspects, maybe musical, obviously, because music. Um, but just, it's something, I haven't done it yet, and I think it, I'd find it challenging, but, you know, interesting as, as well. Um, and I've seen some fantastic shows at the, um, at the Birmingham Improv Festival just recently, which sort of really sort of ignited yeah. a bit more of that passion for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and talking of musicals, you are a part of Off Broad Street, mm -hmm. which is a pun or play on words <laughs> of... Broadway, because in Birmingham there is a Broad Street called Broad Street. Yeah. That is right. That yes, is right. yes, yes. There I am. And I'm not a recent. Birmingham native, so it's uh, yeah. I travel to Birmingham to do this, as well as the Box of Frogs. Um, do you I, do improv every night? Um, I would do if I could. <laughs> um, there have been weeks when I've done it every night. Yeah. 
Um, I'm rehearsing for the panto at the moment, so there's two nights I'm doing panto, and the other nights are pretty much improv. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you never sort of think, oh, is this going to be too much? Am I going to burn out? Yeah, I have to be careful, look after myself. Um, so there's been a couple of things where I've had to just cut back because my job, obviously, teacher... Yes. I have books to mark, I have other things to do. So I just have to be careful every now and then. I do get overexcited. I want to do everything. <laughs> I want to get involved in everything. There was a period of time last year when I was in five different groups. Whoa! <laughs> I would say that's too many. It was too many. Well, it was brilliant at the yeah, time. Yeah. I really loved it because I got to go to the Brighton Fringe and perform with City Impro, cool. another fantastic group. Um, I had my own... Um, group from that had sprung up from an organic improv group that I'd done with Jules um, called Bat for the Freak. Oh, right, um, yes. We haven't been performing recently, so that's on a hiatus at the moment. Um, and then I was obviously doing the um, the other the other three groups that I'm still currently in. <laughs> yeah, um, people do ask me how on earth do you get the energy from it? And I haven't quite worked out where <laughs> I think it's just the love of it. Yeah, I yeah. think I get the adrenaline from the being with the people, making people laugh and just Having fun. I think improv is, you know, that is the key thing for me. It's fun. I wouldn't do it if it wasn't fun. No. You should never do anything that's not fun, you know, apart from work, because you have to. Yes. But I find teaching fun. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> it's the paid work I don't like. Yeah, no, we're yeah. Very, much, uh, very much on the same page of that. Mm, yes. Shakes fist at <laughs> microphone. Yes. Uh, so, um, yeah, so I, I've um, never quite burnt out, but... Well, I'm not in five groups, so maybe that's why. <laughs> uh, but there are some times where I think, oh, maybe I should take a little bit of a step mm. back because I don't want it to become the only thing that I do. Yeah. Uh, there's part of me that does. Yeah. <laughs> there's part of me that does, there's part of me that doesn't. I don't know, warring yeah. factions. I did have a little reflect on that like a few weeks ago because things were getting busy at work and I was like, oh, what, which one of these? And then the play was obviously the panto was coming up. Um, over the summer, I was um, performing in um, Macbeth as well. Wow. And I played. I got to play the dream role of Lady Macbeth. Fantastic. Which was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, it, was a sh- it was a cut-down version. Oh, right, yeah. So yeah. it wasn't the full shebang. I think yeah, I would yeah. have actually struggled. <laughs> but the improv did, again, take a little bit of a backseat because yeah. that play is quite intense and the emotional yeah. sort of connection with the character it was hard to do the improv at the same time whilst I was doing that. I really needed to focus to yeah. do a good job. Yeah, 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 so yeah. there have been times when I've had to sort of like, you know, stop one for the other. But the great thing about improv, again, that's another quote, <laughs> <laughs> is that, you know, you can come back to it. You can take yeah. a little break from it. Yeah. You can come back to it. And it's like riding a bike. You don't forget the yeah, stuff yeah. that you learned. Yeah. Um, and some friends I know have taken short breaks from it and then they come back to it reinvigorated. I yes. think it is important to look after yourself. I think lots of improv- improvisers are like me, that they want to do everything. Yeah. And work weekends like this, where you've got a variety of different genre and things to try. It's like, I want to do all the workshops. <laughs> and you have to, you're forced to choose. Definitely. And it makes you think, well, what do I really want to get out of it? And I think that's something maybe to bear in mind, you know. Yeah. Um, when I'm driving up and down the M1 or the M6 for an hour there and an hour back, you know, I've never regretted going to an improv um, workshop yeah. and taking that time. Yeah. Um, but the next morning I have, you know, <laughs> thought, yeah. ooh. And I have cancelled going in the first place yeah. because of work and things like that. But I've never regretted going no. when, I've been had, when I've had a hard day and I've got the time to go. Yeah. And I've come back and I've felt 
reinvigorated and happy and I felt like I've done something good tonight yes. and that always makes me feel like that and I think it's the people yeah you know it's the people because it's such a joyous atmosphere to be in you know yes and you know we're around my neck I wear <laughs> on my chest you know it's, it's a great philosophy really <laughs> yeah and it does give me the opportunity to connect with people in a way that nothing else ever has mm. so mm. I'm very grateful to that mm. But we were talking about Off Broad Street. Yes, we were. Tell I know. me about this. Yeah. This is a musical group. It is, yes. So um, we got together and we had um, the wonderful Lloydie come down and give us um, a workshop. And from that, we sort of sprung into this uh, musical troupe um, featuring some members of Boxer Frogs as well. Um, and we, at the moment, are exploring a musical Harold. Oh, yeah. Ooh. One of my fav most favourite things, one of my least most yes, favourite things. Yes, I know. Putting them together. Smash them together. Now I'm confused. <laughs> it can be. Um, but, you know. And How long does that take? That must take forever. No, we, we, can, we can smish it into half an hour. Oh. <laughs> So, yeah, we're, we're exploring sort of lots of things with Tell that. Tell me how to do a musical Harold. Well, oh, gosh. Um, so we do an opening number. Um, Brilliant. I'm yeah, all bored so we're far. Good, that we're sounds good great. with an opening number. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, what we do, we start off with the, um, the, the, um, the Cluedo opening. We, like, so we have, um, we have a setting and we describe, we scene paint the setting. Ah, lovely. That's what we do. And then we do that sort of the Harold kind of, you know, so um, in front of us we have a um, tall building the spires are sparkling all that kind of language and then we take a person from that setting and we, we talk about the person we build a character right. and then from that we take an object and we talk about the, the object and that just gives us something to build our first sort of scenes around so your scene painting one person will come in and say she is tall and Fair or whatever. Yeah, and they'll go, this is Nigel. He works at the chemical factory. Right, yes. um, And we'll use that, and then that character um, will reappear in the first sort of um, scene. Right, So yes. we'll use that as a sort of basis. We've developed that character. We've got a world. Um, we've got this object that we can also bring into it. But it's just to get that inspiration of different ideas. And then, at the moment, the way we're doing it is we're going, um, we're doing a scene into a song, a scene into a song, a scene into a song. So like one A, one B, one C. Yeah. Um, not connected, but connected in terms of thematically, sure. um, but not necessarily connected. Expanding that world out um, and putting our character in that first one just to get us going. The second beat at the moment is we're doing. Um, just scenes the first two are just scenes alright not songs yeah. and then the third one go um, the, the the 2C I get confused with these letters and yes. numbers as well so you know I just try to think of it as well we do this and then these people do this and then these people do this so I kind of just walk it through although I've just done a fantastic workshop that helped me understand the Harold a lot better <laughs> so I should be taking that into my head and trying to remember it fantastic yeah how, how, how do you it's a tough question but I'm going to ask it how do you, I presume you're talking about Ben Hall's yes. French, French Harold yes how, how has that helped your thinking um, it just sort of cut it all down and it was sort of um, he gave us some structures and some ways of working with um, partners so it's an opening where you were just having a little rant about something now when we do our off broad street we always find it's best to sing about an emotion or have a connection have a relationship have a want or a need yeah. and this makes our songs a lot better than just you know, singing about something that yeah, we can yeah, see. Yeah. If you've not got a connection to it, the audience isn't going to care. Yeah. We want our audiences to care about what we care about and yet we convey that through our singing. 
you know, in the same way as we might do a monologue or whatever it might be. Um, so Ben's workshop really just helped to get that structure into my head because he gave us a lot of um, techniques to understand it. So yeah. he's going, right, you two are going to watch what they do and you're going to use that as your premise. Right. And then you two are going to watch what they do and use that as your premise. So it was a kind of training wheels kind of uh, method which just made me, made me feel a bit sort of safe. Ah, let me stabilise us on. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. thought, yeah, I actually get this. <laughs> and I sort of get it. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. We've done a, we did a, a musical Harold um, a little while ago, which ended up being a narrative. Ah. But we felt it ha- went that way. Um, it was actually um, the sort of our director who sort of like took it off in that direction. He went, oh, I started singing a song when I shouldn't have afterwards when we discussed it. Um, but we just felt we'd built these strong characters and we just knew that they had to meet and fall in love. Ah, it just felt narratively yeah. right. So it just took that direction. So we just sort of abandoned the, the Harold format and we were just like, no, we need these characters to kind of meet. And I think that's okay. I think yes, we shouldn't be too sort of constrained by these formats. I mean, the best groups aren't, you know, yeah. they, they use it as something to hang things off yeah. and they can come back to it when it goes a bit skew with. Yes. But actually, the audience gives you that feel they're like oh look we want them to yeah. and so we're like well we've got to give them what they want you know after all who are we performing for well exactly and the audience don't care the audience would much rather have a better show than a perfectly performed Harold yes and so would I yes <laughs> so um, you're regularly rehearsing with Off Broad yes, as well yeah. mm-hmm. and you've, you've done some shows you say yeah yeah we've been um, performing um, we were again at the British Im- and at the Birmingham Improv Festival um, we've performed around Birmingham. I'm really hoping to get them over to Northampton to perform to our lovely Northamptonians <laughs> because they haven't seen yeah. me do anything apart from the short form yeah, yeah, yeah. because I tend to do my performances with the other stuff outside of Northampton. So, yeah, I really hope to get them over in, in the new year, I'm hoping for. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> so, are you the sort of person that finds books helpful when um, learning about improv, and if so, um, Jen is nodding now. Um, um, <laughs> do you have a particular favourite book that you would recommend? Oh gosh, I have so many books. <laughs> I have all the books. <laughs> um, I was really thrilled actually this weekend because I met Alison Goldie, and that's one of the ah, books I really yes, love. Yes. Um, because I have a little improv club at school, ah. and that is a fantastic resource for all those little short form games and yeah, yeah. the things that I actually go to that and say, I want to do. I have a purpose in mind and I want a game that's going to get people doing that and that really um, is really well sort of organised in terms of this game's for this and this game's for that. Um, I really enjoyed improvising now as well. Um, is that Rob Norman? Uh, I'm going to say that, yeah. I don't think I've read that. That's a really good one, oh, yeah. Um, um, yes, he'll ask me to quote all these books and I have so many of them. <laughs> Um, I've got Katie Shoots and um, The Improvisers Way and I think yes. that's one that really speaks to me because yes, just you know um, I'd really love to do one of her workshops and yeah. um, I will aim you know that's a name of mine yes. in, in the next year or so to, to get down in fact actually she might fingers crossed we might be getting her up to work with Off Broad Street so oh, but um, watch this space Katie if you're <laughs> there you know we, yeah I was once having a not good couple of weeks mm. and I went along to one of the May Day's drop-ins and Katie was running it, I didn't know mm-hmm. she was going to be running it. And it just really, I just thought, wow, you're so brilliant. It just really lifted my spirits mm. and made me feel better about the world. Oh. I just thought, I feel better about the world because Katie Shoot exists. Yeah, and, and isn't that wonderful? Isn't that what, Yeah, yeah. I'm, 
and that book, The Improviser's Way, I know it's based on, I, I read a book, I uh, have a book at home called The Artist's Way. Another fantastic book. Yes, and so I've worked sort of through that ah, book yeah. and done the daily pages. I, I love the morning yeah. pages, they're yeah. fantastic. Um, and I need to get back into that. You see, again, that's me wanting to do everything <laughs> because I want to do that and I want to do this and I want to sing and I want to do all these things. But Katie's book, it's one I keep coming back to yeah. because it's it's easy, it's accessible and it yes. is like having her, you know, I've, I've not had the opportunity to work with her, I really want to, but yes. that book's the closest I'm getting at the moment, but I love it, yeah. Yes, it's a fantastic book. And also Julia Cameron's uh, The Artist's mm. Way, just the morning pages, if, yes. if, if listeners haven't tried it. Just the idea of writing longhand three pages of just whatever is in your head mm. every morning. I have found an amazing resource for reducing stress and anxiety. Mm. Just getting it down on the page, just not editing, just getting it written yeah. down has really, really helped. Yeah. And then, uh, does she recommend, I can't remember if she recommends, definitely not reading at the time, but maybe reviewing it later and then mm -hmm. you end up spotting patterns and things like that that yeah. you, know, you wouldn't mm. normally. So uh, Yeah. I need to get back into that actually because yeah. as you can tell my head is often full of a lot of stuff and I find it difficult to compartmentalise things and like I've got this stuff to do for work and I often find myself overwhelmed yeah. um, with too much going on. The weird thing is it, I don't get that in improv. That's interesting. Um, so I can be doing bartender as I mentioned before and someone's given me all this information and I haven't, I can only respond in that moment. And I can respond like that. It's when I've got stuff that I've got to pre-plan or I've got to do something. If I haven't got a deadline, I flounder. Yeah. I'm just like I'm just like lying on my back like a, a fly. <laughs> I'm going. What am I supposed to do next? I've got wings, but I don't seem. You know, I've got everything there that I need, but I just can't seem to organise myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm actually reading a book at the moment called The Organised Mind. Oh, right. Um, I only picked it up last week. I was like, I need this for myself. Um, <laughs> quite scientific. Yeah. Um, all about how the brain can actually only cope with one thing at a time. <sighs> and I think that's what I do in Bartender is that I'm only focusing on that problem, that person in front of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is in the moment. And that's why that doesn't feel stressful to me. <sighs> Whereas work yes. and other things can do so when you've got competing yeah when you're trying to hold all these things in your mm -hmm. head um that's why the general advice is yeah get it written on the page because the brain is a great way of processing information but it's not a great place to store information yes yes and that's exactly what that book says it's, ah. yeah so yeah i'm only a little way through it um but i've enjoyed it so far when i can find time <laughs> <laughs> So, what's the best or worst note you've ever been given, and did you oh, take it? Oh gosh! Oh, um, I suppose it's um, yeah. Okay, so I when I first started doing organic long form, and um, I was quite nervous because I'd never done anything like it before. I'd never done long form really before, so I was a short form improviser. I knew how to do that, and I'd thrown myself in, sort of you know, feel the fear, do it anyway, get in there. And I think um, it used to just be like, make a fucking commitment. <laughs> um, just get, follow your feet, get on there, you know. And it worked because I've never looked back from that. Uh, <laughs> it's harsh, but actually it was what I needed. I needed to kick up the arse and I literally needed something to push me out onto the stage. So you were frightened of commitment because you were scared of making a mistake? Yeah, because I didn't. It was an unknown format to me. I didn't know... The other people in the room seemed a lot more experienced in long form, and right. I was like, I'm a bit out of my depth here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wanted to be good at it, but I wasn't. I wasn't quite sure. It was new people. It wasn't the comfortable people uh, that I already knew, yeah. and it just took me that little while. But 
um, I, I worked with Jules Munns and he really helped me through it. You know, he was absolutely fantastic. He watched me. He knew what my problem was and he just identified it. And that was it, really. And it's like, just, you know, follow your feet, get out there. You know, don't hang back, just get out there. And that's what I've done ever since, really. Hence, you know, all the improv that I do. (laughs) Fantastic, fantastic. (laughs) If someone were to step on stage with you, what could they do to delight you? And this is a Jules Munns question. (laughs) This is a question that Jules suggested asking of your um, scene partner before you performed. Mm. Um, the idea that you're not planning ahead, but it's just a really nice thing to do, just to give your scene partner a gift. Sometimes I like to look into, make eye contact. Mm. I was going to say, make, look into someone's eyes. So yeah. That's weird context, but make eye contact. And especially if I don't know them, try and just imagine what scene would they love to play? What can I give them that would bring them joy? Mm. Oh, gosh, that's a brilliant question, yeah. I mean... Ooh, something with singing, obviously. <laughs> Even if there's no musician, you know, get me to sing something. Um, positivity. Yeah. Just go in with a really positive attitude and, and, and that agreement, that sense of a shared experience. Let's not have these argumentative scenes. Yeah. I really love it when you're just both sitting there or, you know, and enjoying a shared moment. Yes. I've done, you know, today, um, in your workshop, actually, <laughs> let's, let's name check you as yes, well. Uh, Brilliant brief, workshop earlier thank on. Thank you very much. Um, we did a little three-person scene and it was all about um, a shared experience and it just connected so well. We were on the same yeah. page. We looked into each other's eyes. We smiled. We weren't inventing anything completely crazy we were just adding a little bit on and it just felt fantastic yeah and those are two people that i do happen to know in real life and are fantastic people but it it just clicked and it wasn't really because i'd know them it was more about what we were talking about and how we all just got on the same page and agreed and i think that super agreement um again is a thing that i know i've been taught by jules i did a scene once about stuffing envelopes and we talked about, I think we were talking about cooking Japanese food or something. So, you know, I was doing this physical character work, stuffing envelopes. Um, and it was actually with um, Jules's mum, Jan. Ah, yes. Uh, fantastic lady. Yes, and um, sat there and we just, you know, we just connected over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we talked about food, but it was really about a relationship yeah. and it was about a shared interest. And I think that, for me, gave me something that you know I like or yeah. you know that I can get on board with. Yeah. Um, that just delights me. Give I, me, yeah. <laughs> you speak and then I will speak. <laughs> we should be better at this. That's improv. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, I, that is something that I'm really thinking about a lot at the moment. It's like we've got all, we've got all these choices of all the things that we could do in improv. And it's like, let's just make some positive choices. Let's just have some lovely scenes and I'll tell you when I get sick of them, and I'll never get sick of them, mm-hmm. so I will never tell you that. Just, you know, and it's so joyful just seeing people enjoying each other's company as improvisers, as characters. Um, and yeah, you don't have to invent loads and loads of stuff. You just need to add on a little bit to mm-hmm. what the other people have done and, you know, shift focus and stuff like that. And I, I really love that. Yeah. So um, that's, that's my, if you're going to take your message away from this, uh, you don't need to learn lines from improv for <laughs> improv. Uh, do positive scenes. They're genuinely, audiences love them. Mm-hmm. I, I don't quite know where people get the idea that audiences are going to be bored because they're really not. Mm. 
it was like an exercise we did in the um, group scenes workshop this morning where we just got everybody to come on and do the same physical action. Mm, yes. And it was just like, it was brilliant. And I don't know what was so satisfying, mm. but seeing, you know, five or six people just doing the same physical mm. action, it's like brilliant. Yeah. And that's something we brought into our opening numbers often with our um, off Broad Street is something, you know, it's, and it's, these guys are on the same page. They're all in this group. They're working together. They're a team. And that, we all love to watch a team. And also for the opening number, the audience go, ah, oh, right, they've got this. They know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I can relax and enjoy the show now. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So what would you say, and I may know the answer to this because you may have said this already, what would you say is your classic signature move? What, uh, when you're on stage, what do you do that brings the house down, that saves the day, Everyone goes, classic Jen. Oh, gosh. I don't know if I do know the answer to this. <laughs> um, character. I suppose, yeah, I suppose I... Yeah, I um, Obviously, I'll break into song. Yes, yes. <laughs> That will be, be something I do if I feel it's um, going in an old way. <laughs> um, Let's talk about character. Because yeah. you can have a think about the answer to that question. But, mm. So you mentioned, yeah, being very character-based. How, what's your way into character? Are you voice, attitude, physicality? Physicality. Yeah? Yeah, I really love physical improv, um, using my body, um, getting into, you know, when we're doing music, I like to have a little dance. Brilliant. Um, I've been told to still stay still sometimes because it drags focus from the other right, person yeah. singing. Pulling so focus I get a little too. bit, you know, I get into it too much, oh, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, I like to feel the music. Um, but yeah, I think... Um, getting into the physicality of a character. I think that's from the theatrical side of things um, and just feeling that character, changing something about myself so I'm not me, I'm the character. Mm. But there's an element of me in there always. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Fantastic. I think I've asked everything I can think of. <laughs> so the only thing that remains for me to do is say thank you for being a guest on the Improv London oh, podcast. Thank you for having me. It's been fantastic. Thank Yay. you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> That's improv! That's improv!